not working, is it? There it is. Good to see everyone this morning. My goodness, we have a lot of visitors with us this morning, and we're certainly glad to have you. We invite you back this evening at uh, 6 o'clock. There'll be no 1 p.m. service today. It'll be 6 o'clock this evening. And uh, if you're visiting with us, please take a card from the back of the pew and fill it out and drop it in the uh, collection plate or back in the little black box there in the back. We're certainly glad to have you. Also, it's been a uh, nice weekend, Thanksgiving, people visiting their families, and we have a lot of people traveling today and going back home, and we just want to keep them in our prayers, and uh, it's been a good weekend. We just certainly hope that uh, you've enjoyed being with uh, your family and family and friends. Also, Beverly Edwards uh, contacted us this morning and said she was she was doing much better, and she just wanted us to thank the congregation for the prayers and, and, the, and the calls and, and the support that she's been given. She said she hopes to be back this coming Sunday, so that would be good. Also, uh, we had a good brunch yesterday with Andrew and Savannah, and, and uh, we certainly wish them well. It was a very good uh, morning afternoon for for most of us it was morning because i know some of the men left to get back to the high state ball game and uh, and that didn't go well if you're a buckeye fan <laughs> i see drew hustle somewhere i know he's here smiling also uh we have a guest speaker this morning uh Mike Webb and I, I told him, I said, so we have a guest speaker, and he said, well, we have a special speaker, so uh, just wanted to throw that back at you, Mike, and uh, so let's remember all those traveling today. I would like to read from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, 1 Timothy 4, verses 4 and 5. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Would you bow with me as we go to God in prayer? Father, we thank you for this day you've given us for another opportunity to uh, come together here and, and worship you, Father. And as we worship you in spirit and truth, Father, we pray that, that the things that are done here are pleasing to you. Father, we are thankful for the, uh, all of our blessings, for this uh, Thanksgiving that we've had. And, and Father, help us to always to be thankful for everything that, that you bless us with, because we know that everything comes from you. And we're thankful, Father, that you're our creator, that you're our God. And, and that we can come to you and, and, and pray. And, and Father, we're mindful of those this morning uh, who are sick. And Father, there was uh, the ones that's mentioned in our Bible class and, and those that, that are in our, our bulletin, Father. We just pray that uh, you will be with them and whatever their need may be, that you will bless them. And, and Father, for those traveling today, we ask that you will give them a safe return uh, 
back to where they're headed and, and Father, thankful for those uh, who have already uh, returned back to their, their homes or wherever they're uh, going to be. We thank you so much, Father, for uh, all that you give us. We're thankful today that, that we have Mike uh, bringing us uh, a word, Father, uh, from, from the good book, and, and we just pray that you'll bless him and help him to remember the things that he studied. We're thankful for Chris and his family and David and his family and for all those, Father, for all the members here at Rome and all those who are here today. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Would you stand for the first song, please? Our first song this morning is number 531. 531, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, ye heavens adore Him. Praise Him, angels in the highest. The Lord is next song this morning is on the overhead only. It's How Great Is Our God. How Great Is Our God.
Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you uh, truly are great, and we are, are humbled with the opportunity to worship you this morning. Father, we pray that our worship would be pleasing to you. The uh, songs that we sing, the prayers that we pray, the, the scripture we read, Father, will, will all bring you glory, Father. And we also pray that all those things will edify us and will uh, enable us to be better uh, followers of you, Father, and, and that we will spread your word uh, throughout your kingdom, Father. Father, I, I ask you'll Continue to bless this church, uh, bless the uh, worship service today, Father. Bless the ministers, bless the elders, the deacons. Uh, bless all those who who see to the day-to-day uh, -day functions here at this church to make it a, a place for your, your family, Father. Father, I pray for those who uh, are sick, uh, this congregation and, and the sick all over, Father. We uh, we know that illness is uh, a reminder that our time here on earth is, is temporary and that we should always uh, be looking to you, Father. Father, we uh, also want to ask a special blessing on those who are traveling and that they can arrive at their destinations safely, Father. Father, we uh, thank you so much for uh, your son and his sacrifice, and it's in uh, his name we pray. Amen. Our next song is also on the overhead only, In Christ Alone. In Christ Alone. In Christ Alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm to the
during these holiday seasons, we've got many things in our lives that distract us and pull our attention away. But at this time, now during our service, we want to concentrate on what Christ did for us, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. These things um, should be most present in our hearts and minds as we think about Christ during our communion. There were different times in Christ's life when he told the people, I am. And I've taken a few excerpts from the Bible where he told people who he was. In John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. In John 10, 9, he says, I am the door. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. John 11, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in Revelation 1, 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. Also, I want to read in John 6, 51, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. As we prepare to take the communion and the bread, let's go to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful, Lord, for many things, especially this time of year it comes to our mind. What we have so much to be thankful for, but most of all, we're thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who died a terrible death on the cross and suffered because of our sins. And he, he did this out of his love for us that we should have the possibility of, of seeing him once again in heaven. We thank you, Lord, for Christ. And as we take this bread, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
reading from Hebrews 13:12, so Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Let's go to God in prayer again as we partake of the fruit of the vine. Our Father in heaven, once again, we give thanks to you, Lord, for all that you do in our lives. We're thankful that you loved us so much that you sent your only son to die in our stead for our sins. As we partake of this fruit of the vine, Lord, help us to think about the things that Christ's life and his, his death means to us. We thank you once again, Lord, that you have provided this way for forgiveness for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
this concludes our observance of the Lord's Supper. But while we still have the men on the floor to serve, we uh, take this time to, to uh, take up our offerings and contributions here as members of the church at Rome. If you're a visitor with us, we don't ask for your, your money or contribution. We um, only ask for our members uh, that willingly give and, and uh, do this out of love for, for God and his church. Let's pray once more. Our Father in heaven, we, we thank you this day, Lord, that we can be here and hear your word preached and, and sing the songs of, <clears throat> of praise to you. We th we're thankful, Lord, for all that you have blessed us with, and we're thankful that we have the ability and opportunities to give back a portion of what you have blessed us with. We pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we stand, there will be no children's Bible hour today. I was asked to make that announcement. No children's Bible hour today. If you would, let's stand. And we'll sing number 345. 345. It is well.
Song of Invitation will be number 950. 950, Lamb of God. Now Jeff will have our reading. If you want to follow along, the uh, scripture reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. Matthew chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I'm truly grateful to have this opportunity to, to be with you this morning. My family and I, I truly love being members here at uh, Rome, this congregation, and it's been wonderful to us. And we receive great encouragement and um, good Bible teaching here from the pulpit. The elders have been good to us, and I thank you for the opportunity they've given me to, to preach this morning for Chris asking me. I'm glad that I can give him a little relief and uh, just some time to, to rest and be with his family over this Thanksgiving holiday. I've noticed uh, quite a few pictures. This is more of a generic photo, but most of you have posted some, some family photos. This is a wonderful time of year. The, the older I get, the more I just appreciate time, uh, time to spend with family to create new memories and to think about all the, the memories I had. I, growing up, Thanksgiving was one of my favorite holidays. It's to, to, to think about the food, uh, to think about the, the times I got to spend with my grandparents, my cousins. Uh, you know, we, we, now we think about maybe some of those empty chairs, but we still cherish all of those times that we had and those memories. The, having some time to sit and think and, and to express and to think about what we're grateful for. A definition of gratitude uh, is, it means showing appreciation. Returning kindness is a feeling of gratitude and appreciation for the gifts and favors received. It also means taking time to remember the good things that have happened to us in the past. Um, that time is necessary. I think one of the things we can agree on is that uh, that time is harder to come by. Because while we're sitting around talking about uh, or thinking about what we're grateful for, uh, there are, there's pressure to already be thinking about Christmas and, and buying those presents. Uh, we were sitting around talking about what we're grateful for, and we're already thinking about, well, we don't have room for all the things we have. Do any of those conversations come up? I don't even know what to buy anybody for, for Christmas. We already have so many. Uh, we already have everything we need. And those kinds of things. And, and then it's like, oh, the, the store's open this after, just tonight. We've got to go tonight. Black Friday sales started back last Monday, right? And so there's all of this, this rush. I don't know. You take your joy where you get it. But I was kind of getting irritated whenever I was in the store at Halloween and the Christmas stuff was already getting out. You know? So the time thing feels a little rushed a lot of times. Taking time to remember. This morning I want us to think about the attitudes that we need to have every day. I, I cherish that 
that feeling of gratitude. And sometimes I feel like I, I don't have it enough. Well, what can I do to change that? This, this morning I want us to think about a, that feeling of gratitude, taking that time, reflecting. If I have an orange and I squeeze it as hard as I can, what will come out of it? Orange juice, right? And no matter how many times I squeeze this thing and how hard I squeeze it, will any other kind of juice come out of it? You know, I'll never get apple juice. I'll never get cranberry juice. Why? Because orange juice is what's inside, right? So every time I squeeze this thing and put pressure on it, orange juice will come out because that's what's inside. So let's take that metaphor just a little bit further and apply it to me or apply it to you. When we get squeezed by stress, an event, I drove a lot this weekend, I drove a lot in the last few days. Let's say somebody cuts me off, that aggravates me, I get frustrated. Now, so there's pressure from the outside. What comes out? Now, what I want to say is, you know what he did or what she did? But if anger and frustration comes out, what's really coming out? What's inside of me? Because two things happen to a different person. One person is like, oh, well, you know, they're just easy going about it. Generous and kind. Another person yelling, screaming, hollering. Anger comes out. Why? Because of what's inside. If, if, if anger comes out uh, in a situation at work, you know, pressure's put on. Some people re react with grace. Some people act with positive attitude. Some people react with frustration and anxiety. Someone treats me badly. Some people are just smile, go on. Other people react with anger. You see where I'm going with this? When, tr when pressure comes, what comes out is what's inside. If I don't like that, what do I need to do? Change it. Change what's inside. Gratitude is the best attitude. This morning I want you to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. Most of us... No, Matthew chapter 5 is the beginning of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and these verses are called the Beatitudes. Let's read them together. This is Jesus' teaching. The, the Bible has a solution to our problems. If I don't like what's coming out of me, what I need to do is change it. Change what's inside of me. And Jesus teaches us what should be inside of us. You know, for the longest time, His people have been taught what they needed to do on the outside. And so when Jesus came and began teaching his disciples, he said, this is what you need to be on the inside. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. If we want the right thing to come out of us in times of pressure and stress and hardship, we have to change what's on the inside. That's why Jesus' teachings were so strange to people. That's why the Pharisees reacted so harshly. They were the ones who did the teaching. And the things he said were so different. And the people liked what he said and they were following him instead of them. That's why they reacted the way that they did. So this morning I want us to think about trying to think about if if I don't like what's coming out of me, how do I change it? If I want to be more thankful, if I want to have more joy and more peace, what do I need to do to change it? Jesus begins his teaching with an emphasis on right character and the blessings that it brings to the life of a believer. He starts his teachings with an emphasis on what's within you, what you need to be. To, To the Pharisees, righteousness was an external thing that was simply obeying certain rules and regulations. This is what you do. If you want to be righteous, do these things. You pray. You give alms. You, you know, you go to the temple. You give your tithes. These are these outward things. Now, those aren't bad things and those aren't even things. Those were things that the law taught. But they were just focusing more on things that you would do outwardly. Jesus is going to focus on things that you are inwardly. And the beatitude... And he he describes the Christian character that flows from within who you are. Blessed is more than being blessed. We say that blessed are. You know, and a lot of times when I first heard that growing up for a long time, I just thought that means, oh, you're blessed. Blessed, blessed. Talk about being thankful for our blessings. Count your blessings and then one by one. That's not what that word means. Sounds the same, but it's not the same. Blessed is a a word that had a lot of meaning for the people who heard it that day. As he's talking to them, when they heard that word, it was just full of meaning. It was just, all this meaning was hanging out there for them. This was a kind of word that meant divine joy and perfect happiness. It was a word that wasn't wasn't used for human beings at all even. It It described the kind of joy that was only meant for... Jehovah God, or for the pagans, uh, for the, the gods, for dead. You know, that was the kind of joy you would receive whenever you were dead and gone and you, you were resting peacefully in your grave. I, I would never have that kind of blessed peace in this life. And all of a sudden, Jesus is saying, blessed are those who mourn. <laughs> wow, what are you talking about? I, No one's ever said that I could have that kind of life. I could never enjoy that kind of peace and joy here on this earth. An inner satisfaction and sufficiency that doesn't depend on my outward circumstances. How could I have that? Because you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know my problems. You don't know what I'm facing every day when I wake up. You don't know what it's like at my house. You don't know what it's like at my job. You don't know what it's like at my school. You don't know what life is like for me every day. Well, Because this kind of happiness and joy, it doesn't rely on your circumstances. 
That's not the kind of thing he's talking That's not what this word means. And Jesus is offering it to everyone. And he's offering it to the most unlikely people as well. Those who mourn. Those who are meek. Those who are hungry and thirsty. This, this doesn't make sense. But there's more to what Jesus is saying. The Beatitudes describe attitudes that we ought to have every day in our lives. If we'll think this way, if we'll be this way, this is what we can have. It's what you can have. It's what I can have. It's what we can experience every single day of our lives. We don't have to wait for the next one to roll around on a calendar. So let's get our Bibles out and let's look at these Beatitudes and Either take notes on a piece of paper or maybe jot down a little note here in your Bible. Think about and learn about from Jesus how we can have these things. First of all, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does this mean, blessed are the poor in spirit? It's talking about our attitude toward ourselves. It's the attitude you have toward yourself. It's the attitude I have toward myself. Poor in spirit is not talking about, um, you know, walking around all, oh, sad. Poor in spirit isn't someone who's depressed. Poor in spirit is someone who has a humble, correct estimate of himself, of herself. I just see myself as I am. I'm humble enough to be able to recognize myself as I am. I, I'm, I'm not, we'll, we'll get into that definition a little bit more, but let's look, look at a, a, another verse we can look at that is a, a good verse to compare it to. I'm just a person who's humble enough to look at myself and say, you know, I, I recognize, I have an honest opinion of myself. Romans 12, 3. For I say through the grace of given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. One of the things that people come to church and they say, man, I, I can't go there. There's a bunch of hypocrites there. Well, what you're going to find when you come to a church is that most people are, you know, they're going to be sinners there. But hopefully we're not walking around like we're better than everyone else. We're all... I'm a sinner that stands in need of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. If I can say that, if I'm not looking down my nose at you, if I'm not pretending like I'm better than you, Paul says don't go around acting like you're better than everybody else. Think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You have a measure of faith. You, you have, uh, God has been gracious and good to you. So don't think that you're better than everyone. It doesn't mean depressed. Poor in spirit doesn't mean, doesn't mean not having a backbone. It's just the opposite of the world's attitudes of selfishness and arrogance. We don't have anything to be arrogant about. When, when Paul would write in Ephesians that um, no man can boast. We've been saved by grace through faith. No one can boast. None of us earned our salvation. We all had to receive it the same way by God's grace. It's not a false humility that says, oh, shucks. I'm not worth anything. It's not that. You don't have to think less of yourself than you ought to. But you also shouldn't think more of yourself than you ought to. You should just be honest about it. 
It's honesty with ourselves. We know ourselves, we accept ourselves, we try to be ourselves to the glory of God. Verses 4 through 6. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We mourn over the sin. We despise it. I'm not proud of my sin. I don't glory in my sins. This is not talking about, you know, we'll be happy when we're sad. What it's saying is, you know, when you really see yourself as... If I see myself as I am spiritually bankrupt, I can't come to God saying, God, you owe me salvation. I deserve to be in heaven, but I see myself as I, as I am. I'm a sinner that needs salvation. I, I'm someone that God loves. And man, I, I'm a sinner and, and I, I hate the sin that I, that I committed. I, I know what it did. It, it put him on that cross. That's why we partake of the Lord's Supper every Sunday, isn't it? To understand what it cost. And my sin, it pains me to think about what I've done. And we submit to God meekly. I want to submit to God. When I think about that, I have an attitude towards sin that causes me to mourn. I see the sin, my sin the way God sees it. I treat it that way. I meekly submit to God. I think submission is one of the hardest things that we do. Repentance. It's not... Believing in God isn't the difficult part. Even confessing that I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God isn't really the difficult part. It's the submission. Saying, I'm going to give up the control of my life. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to do things differently now than the way that I did them before. That's what's really hard, being meek. But meekness is not weakness. I think a lot of times people won't submit because they feel like, you know what, being, being I, I just can't be meek. You know, that's not me. I'm a person who's strong. I'm a person who's in control. And this whole idea of, of meekness, I just don't think I can do that. I don't bow the knee. But Moses, think about Moses. He... He was a great leader. He's the man who stood up for his people. He's the man who led that huge, you know, nation of Israel through the wilderness for 40 years. But he was also meek. As a matter of fact, Numbers 12 verse 3 says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more meek than all the people who were on the face of the earth. We see him sometimes. We see him being bold. We see him being angry. Uh, meekness isn't weakness. It just means that he, was, he had this gentleness about him. He had a kindness about him. Look at what Jesus says about himself. Matthew 11, verse 29. One of the, one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture. Jesus said that the great invitation that he makes himself... Take my, come to me, you who are laboring or heavy laden. Come and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Why? For I am gentle and low. This is the Son of God. This is the creator of the universe. This is literally the most powerful being in the universe. And what does he say? I am gentle and lowly in heart. 
That's what it means to be meek. It doesn't mean to be a pushover. It doesn't mean to be a doormat. It means that I'm gentle and lowly of heart. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Our attitude towards our God. Verses 7 through 9. What's in me? When I've got pressure, I mean, what comes out of me? When, when someone mistreats me, when someone treats me badly, if I, if I want to have a sense of gratitude and joy and happiness, I can still be meek. I can still be gentle and lowly and kind. What about my attitude towards God? When we receive God's mercy, it should cause us to share it with others. I want, what I have, I want to give away. That's what it means to be like God. He says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. When we receive God's mercy, it should cause us to want to share it with others. Someone cuts me off. I don't know how you are in traffic. I'm trying to be better. Oh, my goodness. And the, the, the sad thing about all that is, is I'm, I'm trying to get to a stop. I'll, but I get so mad and I may speed around them. And guess what? I get to the next stoplight. Here they are right beside me. I didn't get any advantage. I got no advantage out of that. I'm on the highway, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, come on in. Come on in. That's fine. I'm a Christian. Come on in. And then whenever they don't let somebody, what do you think you're doing? I let you in, you know. I'm, then I'm sitting here thinking, Matthew 18, you know. Oh, I'm so You know, I get so angry about stuff like that. The parable of the guy who was forgiven that great debt, and then whenever he had someone, he didn't do it. Oh, you know. We're supposed to share it with other people. God gave us mercy. We're supposed to give it away to other people, right? What is our... Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's how God is with us. Do we, do we pass it on to other people? We, keep, we, we seek to keep a pure heart so that we can see God in heaven. Yes. I want to see God in heaven. But you know what? If I have a pure heart, will I not see God every single day here on earth? Will I not see just a little bit of God every day here on earth? If I have a pure heart, will I be more like Jesus every single day if I have a pure heart? If I could see other people the way... What's the golden rule? Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Right? But it's, isn't it more than that? Isn't it also treat other people the way that Jesus treated people? That's really the heart of it, isn't it? It's not treat people the way they treat. We're so, so often we want to just, well, you know what he did? He did it first. Have I ever outgrown that? Have I ever outgrown, well, he hit me first. Well, he cut me off first. Well, she, she did it first. Well, she was mean to me first. Well, she talked about me first, or he did this first. That's not it, though, is it? Treat people the way God treated you. Treat people the way Jesus treated you is really the heart of it, right? Be, be pure in heart. 
Be peacemakers. Somebody has to go first in this situation. We become peacemakers in a troubled world. Wouldn't it be fantastic? I'm not a politician. I'm not an ambassador. But what happened over in this, this current Israeli war? Well, they, they, they hit us first, and so now we're going to bomb them, right? Somebody's got it. What did Jesus say? Turn the other cheek. Somebody has to stop first. I, I know there's a lot more involved than that. I'm not trying to get into political things, but it's just that simple principle that if somebody would go first, then, then peace could really happen. And, and I know there's a back and forth there, but it's just a... It, it, works on, it works with your children in your house and then it goes out. What does Romans 12, 18 say? If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. I can't control anybody else, but I can control me. When I feel pressure and I'm squeezed, what comes out of me? Whatever comes out, is what's inside of me. If I don't like it, I can change it. Because I have control of me. So do you wish you didn't have so much stress in your life? Would you like to be less frustrated as you deal with people each day? If we truly apply these principles to our daily lives, it will bring a divine joy and a perfect happiness that will improve our relationships. Now, I want to boil this down even further than just... That's, 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 that's kind of like big, big picture. You're kind of getting a little bit closer. I just want to give you a simple phrase for each one of them. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the pure in spirit. I was wrong. Right? I don't have to be sad, but I see myself as I am. Sometimes the simple phrase is, I was wrong... If I can say that, that'll fix a lot of my problems, right? Blessed are those who mourn. I'm sorry. When I can see myself as I am with God, with others, I'm wrong. I was wrong, I am sorry. Blessed are the meek. These are people who are just willing to submit and willing to... See the needs of others and put them first. Let's do what's best for you. Let's put your needs before my needs. That's what weakness is. It's not weakness. It's doing what's best. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let's do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I want to be right. I don't want to be not correct. I want to be right. Blessed are the merciful. I forgive you. Blessed are the pure in heart. I love you sincerely with no hidden agendas. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let me the one to make the first move in the right direction so that we can repair this relationship. I'll go first. I won't blame you. I won't say you were the one who did it first. I'll just let me make the first move. I want to make peace. Jesus tells us how to live 
a life of joy and perfect happiness to truly be blessed. So, I just want to ask you, are you? <laughs> Do you feel that way today? Or are there some changes that you can make to make it that way? We don't like what's coming out of you. Then what do you got to do to change it? Jesus did these things. He, he, he didn't just sit back and say, this is what you need to do. He did what was best for us. Jesus did the right thing for us. Jesus was merciful and forgave us. He loved us sincerely without any agendas. And he died for us to make peace with the Father. He died on the cross for us. John 15, 13, he said, Greater love hath no man than this, to lay down his life for his friends. And he did that for you, and he did that for me. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, you know, earlier in that passage, he, he didn't wait for us to get it all right. He didn't demand us to change first. While we were still sinners, he died a sinless Savior, died for us ungodly sinners. And he demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. And then in 1 John 3, 16 says, and he says that he, he asks us, requires of us. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. So we also ought to lay our lives down for the bread. Jesus modeled the Beatitudes for us. He lived every principle he taught. Are you? Am I? Are you doing that today? And I, I just want us to sit and think about that for a second, and I want to get my illustration out again. As we make application to the teachings of Jesus and the Beatitudes, I want to take that metaphor one step further. If when we're squeezed and we're pressed... Sin comes out. It may be because we still have sin in us. Jesus died on the cross. He demonstrated his love toward us so that he could take all that sin to the cross with him, bear it for us, take our place so that we didn't have to carry that sin anymore. If you're not a Christian, if you've never ex expressed your belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, John 8, 32, if you've never repented of your sin, Luke 13, 3, if you've never confessed Him as the Son of God and Lord of your life, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, if you've never been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, so many passages that say that, but Mark 16, 16, Acts 2, 38, had those sins washed away, then when you're squeezed, sin's probably going to come out. It will. But when you become a Christian and, and those sins are removed, then when you're squeezed, that won't come out anymore, right? You're a child of God. Those sins are washed away. Do you need to obey the gospel this morning so that you can make a change that will make that different? As a Christian, you need the prayers of your brothers and sisters. Do you need to repent of sin to have that blood to continually wash you of your sins? Do you need encouragement of your church family? We have an invitation song for you to respond.
I hope this lesson's been in, instructive. I hope it's been encouraging. And if you need to obey the gospel, I hope that today will be the day that your life has changed. And so when you're pressured and squeezed, that the blood of Jesus is what protects you. And something different comes out. If you need to respond, please come as, as we stand and as we sing. Your only son announcements to go over with before we're dismissed. Uh, the new quarter starts this coming Sunday, December 3rd. We need teachers for the preschool on Sunday and Wednesdays and first through fourth grade on Wednesday nights. So you can help out see Connie with that. Uh, stepping Stones, Wednesday, December 6th, chicken and noodles, not chicken soup. So if you want chicken soup, get a cup of water and mix the two together and you'll have chicken soup. But you're having chicken and noodles. Uh, December 3rd, Teen Holiday Gift Exchange at After Evening Services at the Williams House. So remember that. Uh, December 5th, here at the building, how to plan uh, your funeral with Ernie Hall. That's at 630. Uh, the mission team is in need of ribbons, bows, and boxes for holiday wrapping at the Huntington Mall. And re reminder, there is no Wingate scene today. There is also a pickup list 
for older members that need rides on the bulletin boards. If you need a ride, sign that list. Uh, on our prayer list, remember uh, those that are suffering with cancer, Jimmy Wilgus, Jim Haney, Jim Martin, Chuck Davidson, and Jackie Hutchison. Also remember Carolyn O'Lynn, Friday Simpson, uh, Terrell Spitzer. Terrell was uh, taken back to the hospital this week. Uh, Trey Davis, Beverly Edwards. And also remember Pat Kelly. She was taken to the hospital yesterday. As she's fighting another kidney stone. She's had a lot of trouble with that. So remember her in your prayers. Is there any other announcements that need to be made? If not, we'll have a closing song and a closing word of prayer. And we invite you back at 6 o'clock this evening. you would let's stand for our last song the greatest commands greatest commands Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Our wonderful Father, we thank you so much for the blessings in life you've given to us, for allowing us to be together this day with our brothers and sisters in Christ who 
share time with one another and to spend time worshiping you. Father, we pray that you will help us take the message that was preached here today to, to our hearts. May we change our hearts and our attitudes that we will become better servants towards you. Father, we thank you for all that you've given to us. We pray that you would be with those of our members who were not able to be with us. Those who are traveling, we pray you would watch over them as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.